Hey, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I got Katie Storm joining me in the Hang With Ron Johnson segment. She's going to talk a lot about the Timberwolves and what's going on with this team. And could there be a possible Pat Beverly remake if this Timberwolves team makes it to the play-in? We'll let her tell her side of that. But the Vikings have signed Josh Oliver and Marcus Davenport. And I feel like this is still pointing to all signs of some type of defensive change and offensive scheme adjustment. But the people we thought were going to go might not go. We'll talk about that next, coming up on The Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I want you guys to know this episode is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to make every moment more. And hey, Thursday, it's coming. It's going to start. Bracketology. You're not going to want to miss out on these parlays on FanDuel. Also, check out our Locked On Minnesota. Just go to Sam's Twitter page. I retweeted as well. Just check out our Bracketology Challenge. You can win a little bit of cash. Win some of my money. And let's see who you, if you're better than me or am I going to be better than you in this Bracketology. Also, you can download Locked On Sports Minnesota's app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your TV, search apps, and uh, search Locked On Sports Minnesota. It'll be right there on your TV. Get all of our videos, all of our shows, because you, you never know. I know you hear voices on the podcast uh, if you're in your car, but you always wonder, what what does Ron and Sam look like? Well, just download the app. You'll get to see. Maybe our voices match our uh, face. <laughs> Maybe they don't. Maybe our guests. You definitely want to see our guests. We got Joy Harrington coming up this week. We got Katie Storm today. So you're not going to want to miss those pretty faces. Well, as I bring my producer, Sam Metzman, to the show, Sam, as I talked about in the open, um, it's been a lot of uh, consternation in Vikings uh, town about certain free agents and who they're going to keep, who's going to go. Well, we already saw who's gone so far. You got Eric Kendricks uh, signed with the, the Chargers right away. So he's back in L.A., put a nice heartfelt video out there of him back in UCLA. Uh, so he's back home. So the great signing for him, uh, get to be where he wants to be, which is L.A. Uh, uh, was a great, you know, Dick Buckus Award winner there. So, you know, that was a great video on his Instagram. Uh, you see Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson uh, has moved on as well. Uh, he's now gone. Uh, and, and Patrick Peterson went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so when you think about that storied history of uh, Steelers defensive backs, I mean, I got one behind me, my dad. You got Mel Blunt. Uh, you fast forward to Brian McFadden, who is on the show with Patrick Peterson. So I know they were excited to break that news. Um, and, and so player after player can easily leave. But then you, you see the Harrison Smith. Uh, kind of rumor mill that he's going to stay in Minnesota. Um, you look at Dalvin Cook, and let's talk about this first signing. The first signing the Vikings had was Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver is a big tight end. He's not a passing tight end. He's a blocking tight end. Big body tight end, uh, 6'7". He's a road grader. He's a guy that's going to clear space. He's a guy that can uh, not allow defensive ends to set the edge because of his size. He can kind of get out there quick, but he's just as big to kind of hold that line and and allow the the running back to stretch it all the way to when you get to the DB. So now you can full speed downhill, put a DB on a running back like Dalvin Cook, and we've seen him in open space. It's not easy. So all signs pointing towards Kevin O'Connell really wanting to truly be in that eleven person or uh, that twelve personnel, uh, those two tight end sets, uh, really be able to run and pass, uh, give Kirk Cousins the option so he has a true look of kill 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 which means he's killing it to the other play so it could be a run play call in the helmet and then when he gets to the line he's going to kill it to the pass or, or or can 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 i don't know if he kills it or cans it um but when you and then same thing come to the line of scrimmage 
You look up, you got a pass called, you can kill, 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 and you're killing it to the run. Uh, but now when you have a, a true blocking tight end like that, because last year you could tell uh, Kevin O'Connell just didn't have faith in that second tight end. You know, even going out and getting TJ Hawkinson, I think that was the first time he had faith in a tight end for the team. And then you, mm -hmm. you know, don't really have a second tight end that you truly can trust that can be a blocker and then you have a passer. So TJ Hawkinson clearly going to be the passing uh, tight end. And then Josh Oliver, the blocking tight end. Uh, you can put TJ Hawkinson one by one off of him. Now you got a lot of beef and size blocking off to the right or left, depending on where they're lined up. All signs pointed they want to keep Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin Cook's still expensive. It still is a big hit to the cap. Um, do they want to keep that? Do they want to go get another receiver? Or is KJ Osborne and Justin Jefferson enough to start off a game with those two, the two tight ends and Dalvin Cook? Now you're going to get more base coverage. You're going to get more linebackers that have to stay in the game because you have two tight ends. Uh, so if you go nickel, you're outmanned in, in the run game. If you go base, now you can pick and choose based off coverage. And most likely you get more man coverage type stuff or zone, true zone coverage where the DBs aren't chasing Justin Jefferson around. Uh, the guy maybe chasing him underneath as a linebacker, not as fast as a nickel. So there's a lot of things that can work in Kevin O'Connell's favor by having a big tight end like this. Uh, and then the other one, and this one throws me off, Marcus Davenport. It throws me off for the simple fact of if this is a 3-4 defense, this is a guy that's been a true DN, 6'6", 265, 270 pounds. Uh, he's another Daniil Hunter, in my opinion. He's not a Zadarius Smith, but that's just my opinion. I don't know much about him. Uh, haven't really watched his film. I don't have any of his albums. Um, only thing I know is that when I look at the stats, I look at the comments, I look at the quotes, uh, he seems to be a true DN because we know Cameron Jordan was the true DN in that four, three with the saints. And so you're bringing in a four, three defensive end into a three, four defense, which means in my opinion, you have Daniel Hunter, you have Zadarius Smith that wanted to leave all signs pointing at, like I said, when we first started this whole Zadarius Smith wants to get traded thing a week ago, I feel like they're trying to switch to a four, three possibly, or some type of hybrid four three or three four overlook where you're always going to have the guy up on the line playing like a true defensive end not saying Zadarius can't do it but you have a guy at 265 270 who's probably better at setting the edge uh probably better in the run game and I think that's where you look at the Vikings didn't do a great job in stopping the run and then you let Dalvin Thomason go so now you do need to find beef up front uh you think about the bullies in Baltimore you think about uh, the Chicago Bears, you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's always started up front. You know, you had Mean Joe Green. You had Elsie Greenwood. You had Jack Lam or Jack uh, Ham and, and, and Lambert. And then you look at the Ravens. You had Sarah Goosa. You had, or you had Sam Adams, Sarah Goosa. You had Ray. Uh, you know, you had Pete, uh, uh, Pete Bowler. You had McCrary. So Mike McCrary. So you always had that front two, three, four guys that really were bullies. And so that's where I think the Vikings are in their next steps. You got to find a way. Because even if you look at the Ravens after that, they always found a way. Like when I came in, it was Anthony Weaver that drafted him and Lodi Lodi Nada. Uh, you know, they constantly kept trying to find bigs up front. You look at Dominican Sue, Aaron Donald, teams that dominate up front like that. You look at the Eagles um, adding Sue and adding uh, Limbaugh Joseph. Why? Because they wanted to dominate up front. I think that's where the Vikings are trying to go, maybe get more of a bully feel up front than, you know, Zadarius is more of a hybrid linebacker rush guy, but he's 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 uh he's not I mean he's pretty. I mean, you know, like he's I don't feel like he's a, a bruiser or a bully. Uh I feel like he's a he's a technician, he's great at it. So if he does want to leave, maybe this is the reason why they went out and signed Marcus Davenport to say, you know what, if you want to leave, go. Um, because people were wondering, was it gonna be Daniel Hunter or Zadarius Smith? Zadir Smith clearly wanted to go, so maybe this was the reason why they signed him. But I don't know, Sam. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it seems unlikely they keep the contracts of Hunter, Zadarius, and Davenport. I, I would assume that Zadarius Hunter is being shopped around because he is a tradable asset. Mm -hmm. um, if you can get a third-round pick for him, that's great. Um, I just find it humorous, Ron, that the Vikings went away from Mike Zimmer. They said, all right, we're going to go – from 4-3 to 3-4, we're going to go zone. On offense, we're going to spread the field, use all these wide receivers. One year later, took one year, they're going back to Zimmer stuff. They're going back <laughs> to maybe closer to a 4-3. They've got now this like man-to-man, -man, kind of blitz-happy defensive coordinator, and their offense is going back to two tight ends. It, we're just coming back to the Mike Zimmer era um, all over again. But I, I, will, I do remember Kevin O'Connell told us very early, 
And I think he actually wants to be a little more like Shanahan, even though he mm-hmm. comes from the McVay tree. Yeah. He said, we would like to go heavier. Uh, we don't want to go 11 personnel as much as the Rams did when I was there. And I think this is this is supportive of that, is the, the Josh Oliver signing. Uh, last year, they just didn't have two tight ends they trusted. Like you said, Irv Smith was hurt coming off injury. Then he actually got hurt again, missed most of the season. So they only had the one tight end that they trusted. This year, they're going to have Hawkinson and Oliver um, and a chance to really go more 12 and hopefully get some mismatches with J.J. Yeah, I think that's the key. When you can go base offense and your base offense is two tight ends and a running back, uh, a guy like Josh Oliver can be your true extra DN. He probably can motion back to the backfield and be a lead blocker with his size, um, which I mean, I don't know what that means for CJ Ham, and that's going to always, I think, be the question every year. But maybe adding a big tight end, you're saying, you know what, we might need to go two tight ends. One running or one running back and a fullback with just JJ. And let's see what we get. Let's see what kind of coverage we get. You know, if that safety wants to stay back and help out with JJ, the box count fits us. Let's run the ball, run the ball down their throat, get aggressive. The minute they try to put eight, nine in the box, like Derrick Henry, I think that was always the issue with the Tennessee Titans. They didn't have a Justin Jefferson, you know, and and they had an AJ Brown, but AJ Brown felt like you're not using me. That's why he wanted out. He's like, look. I can do this. Give me the ball like Justin Jefferson. And you see what happens. He goes to the Eagles, and he's great. Great games. And and the Eagles still ran the ball, and they found still a way to get the ball to two receivers and a tight end. So I don't know if the Titans were just too heavy on the run, uh, but the Eagles figured it out. You look at the Vikings. I, I think you have to be able to run in this game. And a lot of people say that. In the NFL, you look at the Giants and how they beat the Vikings, Saquon Barkley. You have to be able to run the ball in those situations, especially the playoffs. When everybody's beat up, everybody's tired, late in the game, when everybody's tired and beat up, you got to be able to run the ball. Because if you're passing the ball and you're not completing passes, one, you're punting, two, the clock stops. And so you're giving the ball right back to them if you're only taking off maybe 30 seconds off the clock, 40 seconds off the clock. You have to be able to run the ball. You have to. Because if you cannot run the ball, those safeties can just stay back and the play action doesn't work the way you want it to work. That's why the 49ers play action is so great because they can run the ball with numerous options, even the receivers. And and I, and I and I'm interested to see how Kevin O'Connell starts to maybe use KJ Osborne like that cuz I feel like KJ Osborne as a punt returner, we saw him so he can run the ball. He has the Debo Samuel's body type. Like he could be a potential now he's not maybe as big um as far as physical strong like running back style cuz that's what Debo's built like but feel like KJ Osborne has that size that if you mentally tell him, hey, look, we're going to have you run the jet sweep a little bit. We're going to maybe motion you to the backfield and toss you the ball. I think I think KJ Osborne can get it done. Adam mm-hmm. Thielen is not here anymore, so KJ Osborne now becomes a focal point in his offense. How do I get him involved? I, I think he can be a Debo Samuels in that offense. That's why when you say a Shanahan, Shanahan if I want to add these wrinkles to it, I got to use KJ Osborne more. He's got to be that guy. And then the minute they key in on him, boom, now I can kick it out to Justin Jefferson. Real quick smoke throw, one step throw it, let him go one-on-one now at the corner because everybody's honoring the run. So there's a lot to this. Um, Two very interesting signings, but definitely kind of telltale signs to where they're headed. I think the next couple signings we'll figure out uh, where they're going to be. The Timberwolves did win, Sam. I was not I was not sure the Timberwolves were going to win, Sam. I, I mean, we both kind of said that. We're like, you know, when we talk to Katie, it's going to be after another Timberwolves Let's loss. Let's get Katie uh, Storm, Stalsh, Bally Sports North. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. Katie and I go way back to our Buffalo Wild Wings days doing their uh, fantasy football. Uh, but remember, Locked On Sports is a proud partner with Care 11. Check out care11.com backslash locked on for the links to every one of our Locked On shows. We have a word from our sponsors. We are brought to you by FanDuel today. The NBA season coming down the stretch. So is the NHL season. March Madness coming up. Join FanDuel today and get a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started as well. No-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, And on FanDuel, you can also stack those bets up for a same-game parlay. Lots of ways to to bet. Winning margin, player points, rebounds, assists. 
There's a lot of creative ways to get into the action at FanDuel. Check it out at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, let's promise I got Katie Storm joining me on the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. Katie Storm works for Bally Sports, but I've known Katie way back when we used to do a show for the Minnesota Vikings and Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, I'll, I'll look up the actress as she talks. Uh, I can't remember her name. I don't know if she remembers the name, but the first time I walked into the studio, I saw Katie. I'm like, that's not the, that can't be. Cause I'm like, they, the Vikings wouldn't hire this girl to, to work for us. I mean, she's an actress. And then I realized it was just Katie storm. Uh, <laughs> but Katie is uh, a good friend. Uh, I know she's done some fun stuff with spice Adams and Gatorade. Uh, so I've watched her grow and now she is kind of the face of Valley sports in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Katie, thanks for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Uh, I want to jump out there, Valley sports, Timberwolves, these new like back-to-back home stands or back-to-back road stands. Um, First off, how has that been? Like, are the players enjoying playing the same team back to back? Or is this one of those like, ah, I wish, you know, it, it's kind of it's redundant. Yeah, I mean, firstly, great to be here. Second, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but I think it's Missy Paragam. Yes, that's it. Like that. Yep. I am honored that you think I look like her. And I just always did that stick it little hand gesture whenever I saw you, along with the dab. We can't forget the dab. The, yeah, the dab has to you i'm glad you killed it like i feel like you've grown up a little bit now like you're, you you look grown you act grown i see you i was at i was at a couple uh games the pistons game and then uh uh what's his name um peterson invited me to another game so i was able you to both. go to that one yeah and it was like you, you you look grown i watch you at your monitor then you grabbed your microphone and go interview you're walking behind the bench so i haven't seen the dab so i'm kind of glad you you've killed that off yeah, you know, I'll, I'll leave that until the playoffs, maybe. That'll that'll come out soon. But don't worry, I'm still dabbing away. Uh, the oh, old you remember. Yeah, the back-to-backs are definitely tough, but they're in every single sport. You know, the fatigue that you have to battle for um, us, it's a different story. I mean, we're not the players that have to go out there and perform um, right after you played heavy minutes the night before. But for us, it is a challenge, too. You might be, if you're on the road, you might be actually actually landing at about 2 a.m., maybe and then you have to go get ready again get geared up again and and go out and do another game but as a broadcaster it is kind of nice to be honest because you're literally just picking up where you left off in less than 24 hours and it's just like you're cruising right into the next game but when you talk about facing the same team twice um coach finch has said before that he thinks it's really difficult when you're the winning team on the first game because then the other team kind of has a little bit more of a jump in that second game and they have some things to work on that they want to improve and they might have that little extra motivation but fortunately for the wolves they've been able to battle through these situations and um yeah coach finch says he doesn't like the the baseball like series because (laughs) you learn so much about the team and then you have to you know they're learning a lot about you and maybe your weaknesses and then you're adjusting you know whether it's 24 hours later whether it's just a couple days later you've seen the same team twice um it's a challenge but it's part of the nba schedule and that's what you'll hear him say and these players say and they battle and they're impressive to do it and edwards uh all-star snub i guess you want to say but then ended up an all-star game and it was the first pick uh, as far as the reserves by uh by the all-star uh players and so when you think about the players who would pick him first because i play a lot of pickup basketball and i get it i would too he's six five six six he can go at any moment he can shoot threes he can dunk he can dish he can he's fast he can guard pretty much anybody on the court why do you think nationally though from an all-star true perspective uh he's not getting that recognition recognition just yet that's a great question because uh it'd be great to know why uh you know from the national minds but the first thing that maybe comes to mind is consistency and you heard him mention that in the first time when he didn't get it he how mature by the way too chris finch talked about that i love the maturity out of this 21 year old that he doesn't get it you know he wanted to the first time uh initially when he wasn't an all-star but he just said hey i got a goal and that's to make the playoffs at the end of the season and that's what i'm happy about as long as we can do that i'm not going to let this set me back and he knew his worth but he mentioned that too he said you know, I had a slow start to the year. I understand this. Um, you know, I saw it coming maybe. And so that's the only thing that really comes to mind is the consistency night after night. Um, 
he has been great throughout all of his years so far. His short career, it's been so impressive. But I think a, a big factor was the Carl Anthony Towns injury and the way he stepped up and stepped up into a bigger role. So I think that is where we saw him make that jump and they just didn't see it from the whole year maybe. And that's, you know, what they wanted, but he deserved it once he got there. And yes, he deserved that first pick. That was sweet. He's so fun to watch here in Minnesota. And I'm, I'm happy that they got to watch him on the national stage. So I know we were talking about movies off camera. Uh, <laughs> and this is kind of a random Ron's random question. Uh, have you ever seen the fantastic four? Yes. So you know Maybe? who Sue Storm is? Um, no, you don't. I'm not good. I was just talking no, to your Sam. This I is know. me. I don't. I don't <laughs> think of movie references right away. I don't have actors or characters or. So Jessica Alba played Sue Storm in the Fantastic Four. So not gonna say you look like Jessica Alba. I'm still gonna stick with a pair. Uh, uh, what is her name again? I always Missy. Missy Peregrine. Uh, yeah. But I when you got the last name, when you got the last name Storm. Did you feel a little bit more empowered by that name? Because that really jumps out as like a TV name. Yeah, um, I would say so. I would say it was tough at first because you feel I got married, of course. So you're feeling like, gosh, I'm changing my identity. This is crazy. I got a new name now. But it yeah. was kind of hard to avoid. I wanted to just because it's, you know, it's my new name. It's who I'm known as now. But um, yeah, I mean, I was like, how am I never going to take Katie Storm it's been fun. I have to say, when I first started using it in the Twins games, I was like, you know, the Ron or uh, yeah, the anchor man when it's yeah, like I'm yep. Ron Burgundy question mark. <laughs> I felt like that. Through, see, there's my movie reference. I felt That's like a good that, one. I felt like that throughout the first handful of shows. Like I'm Katie Storm. Yeah, but <laughs> it's been so uh, it's been so great. It's been fun to meet fans that know me as that Katie Storm, and um, yeah, you know how hard to avoid taking that name, you know? So it's Yeah, I'm surprised though, like, cause I mean, I'm surprised they haven't actually to do the weather yet. Cause Katie Storm <laughs> weather girl, like that, like, that's like, that would be viral. Like if there was a Katie Storm for Bally sports, not only sideline reporter, but then she also going to give the weather. even though weather doesn't matter for basketball, but it'd be a kind of a cool little niche, you know, right, like you never know. I got a story for you. You never know when it's going to come up. So first year of the name, Katie Storm, yep. we're at Dallas. American Airlines Center is leaking. We have tornado oh. warnings all throughout Dallas. My producer says, hey, um, we can't start this game. So we need you to do a weather update on the court. And I was thinking in my head, put me in coach. <laughs> it's my turn. Yes. I faked about this all the time. I'm not super, I give credit to meteorologists. I mean, you've been there at Fox nine, maybe you've seen what they do. It's oh, like yeah. working on a green screen and, you know, talking, keeping it smooth and going to the next slide. That's, that's a talent for sure. But I, I remember coming on the floor, they came to me and I said, there's heavy winds, heavy rain in this area, moving through the East. Um, we're going to see about the roof in a little bit. Hopefully the court is dry so we can play this team. Back to you. It was great. So I, I have done a weather report. I oh can't my goodness. 10 out of 10. It was a little impromptu, but um, yeah, that's that's something I like to joke about too. It's like, I got to use this for some sort of meteorology, but. I love your meteor. Yeah. I, I love the voice. Like I love the meteorologist voice. Cause like, I feel like your interview voice is not that like stern. Yeah. But then like your weather report voice, you had to get like serious for a minute. So, <laughs> Well, I had to think about it's just your brain, that part of the brain. You're like, I'm talking about weather at a basketball game after I just talked about like Luca and, you know, Anthony Edwards. What am I doing right now? But it was it was good. It, it I think turned out we got the game on eventually. Yeah. But yeah, it was I mean, the whole roof was leaking directly in front of the Wolves bench and we had maybe like a 10 minute delay. You can't play with water on the floor. True. So when you think about the NBA shift, so when LeBron James went to the Heat, you look at the East. And so the Heat, the Celtics back then, everybody was kind of saying the East was loaded and then the West kind of had one team. LeBron goes to the Lakers. He gets out of the East. The East is loaded because it had the Nets. You had all these teams over there. You had the Bucks, uh, and, and then all of a sudden the West kind of shifts again and you get the Clippers have a two-headed monster. You got the Dallas Mavericks now with a two-headed monster. You got the Suns with a ridiculous two-headed monster. And so when you're looking at the Timberwolves, and of course it's supposed to be Cat and Anthony Edwards and, and Rudy Gobert, uh, when you look at how tough the West is, uh, what, what do the Timberwolves need to do from a mindset, mindset standpoint? Because even for you, like working on the floor, 
in the West, you know, again, every stop can be a superstar after superstar um, where he's just like, man, like this is this is a future Hall of Famer. This is a future Hall of Famer. And the Timberwolves are just young. How do they overcome that mindset of, man, I'm going out to play Steph Curry and the Warriors. Man, I got to turn around and play KD and Devin Booker. Man, I got to turn around and play Kyrie and Luka. Like, how do they just turn that off and say, you know what? We're in the playoffs right now. We can still beat these teams if we had to. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the most important things is acquiring Mike Conley. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker is great as well. It's been so fun to see what he's done in the early goings in a Wolves uniform. But when you talk about how young this team is, Mike Conley stepping in, bringing that veteran leadership, he is kind of a quiet leader, but the way he does lead, it's so you're, it's so evident. You can already see the numbers going up for um, different guys. That's on the floor he's leading. He's helping out Jade McDaniels. Also teaching these guys how to pass to Rudy Gobert. It's like a secret that's been unveiled. It's been great. Um, he's helping grow them, but he also you know brings that leadership uh, that I think keeps them even keeled. And he's talked about that so much, even on this road trip that was so impressive out West when they, you know, grabbed those three straight wins. We just didn't know what was going to happen on that West road trip. So that was, um, that was a good sign of maturity. And that's what Mike, and that's what this team has continued to say. We need to keep playing mature because a trend this season, Ron is playing up against their competition. And then when the competition's lower playing down to their competition. So mm -hmm. no matter who you're playing, whether it's, you know, the two headed monster in Dallas, like you said, whether it's the Clippers, you need to have the same approach. You need to not get too high, not get too low. And I know that's not always easy to do, especially in these tense games. But that is, you know, the, the biggest uh, key to success for this team. And something else, when you look down the stretch in these games, the close game scenarios is really where that maturity comes out. When you have, you know, seconds left, just a couple minutes left, and you said it comes down to key stops, it certainly does. And we've seen games throughout the regular season earlier where it's like, they're, they're in the lead the whole time, right? And then it just mm -hmm. falls through their fingertips or through their fingers, I should say, you know, in the final second. So um, keeping the maturity, keeping the same approach, it's going to, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough West for sure. But um, regardless of who you're playing, just to have that same mindset is going to be, it's going to be key because the talent's just going to keep getting better. And I've seen Marnie Gellner post videos on the road. And now I know she's doing it because she's Marnie and, you know, she's created this monster of a following with the power trip. But uh, she was at a restaurant and did like a cartwheel or something. Um, but when you think about the road and trying to have fun, what's some of the funnest or what's the funnest like city that you look forward to when you say, OK, I know we're going to be in this city uh, at this point? Marnie's cartwheel. I mean, <laughs> we were talking about Stick It earlier. She needs to be in that movie. She is. Uh, she's got the talents. And that was I mean, Jim Peterson, first off, he could find. Any video in his phone from like any day, you just say the memory and he could pull it up. And he had Marnie's <laughs> cartwheel uh, ready to go. That seemed like such a fun trip. But yeah, I think just um, trying to see these cities is always nice, especially um, things I haven't seen yet. Just trying to go walk around. But I think the best thing is just the camaraderie, especially with their Valley Sports North fam, trying to get together. We spent a lot of time with that and um, on the West trip, the West Coast trip. So we're always working in these games. It's nice to just relax and whether it's after a win. And fortunately, the last trip, it was after three wins. We could, you know, get together, talk about the game and, and um, yeah, just continue to be friends because we love each other. It's a long season um, and that's probably the best. I would just say getting together with all your buds and enjoying the cities and trying to stay afloat for the most part, even if you're a little tired getting in late. And if you were to say the Kings are the two seed, the Timberwolves are the seven seed. The Grizzlies are the three seed. Would you rather be the six and be in and not worry about a play-in game and have to face the Grizzlies? Or would you rather them have to play the play-in, do what they have to do to stay at seven, and then go on and play the Kings in a possible? Because in my opinion, it's just my opinion, I think they can beat the Kings in a 2-7 matchup. But what would you choose? Yeah, um, it's a great question. It's, it's something where... You know, whatever the time comes, I hope they just can beat whatever team it might be. But there's just an extra layer. Like I, I would look at both of them like, you know, any team they can they can beat. They show that against Sacramento. Memphis is tough, but I think it's just the factor of Memphis last year that mm -hmm. I want them to see Memphis again and beat Memphis. And there's a lot going on with the Grizzlies right now, but um yeah. I wouldn't underestimate this team at all. You really can't do that anywhere in the NBA.
And they uh, they could be tough. They will be tough. If that's the team the Wolves see, I'm going to say I hope it is. I want them to knock them out and knock them down and improve from last year. And we saw that series last year with the Grizzlies. It's it's a fun team uh, in the playoffs. And every, everything's fun in the playoffs. But I would I would say the Grizzlies, if anything, just for the getting back at them. And when you think about John Morant, because you brought that up, the Grizzlies do have a lot going on with John Morant. Uh, there were no charges bought because it's not his gun. There's no proof that's his gun. Um, it's dumb to be around a guy anyway with a gun, if it's your friend, whatever. But, you know, it is what it is. When you think about John Morant, though, and his impact on the NBA, and then you look at a guy like Anthony Edwards, do you think that Anthony Edwards is learning from Jaws' mistakes early so we don't have to, you know, see this down the road from a guy like Anthony Edwards when he gets a $180 million extension or whatever it might be? Yeah, um, I would put them in two separate categories. Their talent is amazing. It's so mm -hmm. fun to watch them go head-to-head uh, -head each night because uh, they're both just the oohs and ahs throughout the night. But I will say with Ja, not sure all about the news with that team, and I, I don't want to speak on that, but I will say that I know he is one of the nicest guys. That's mm -hmm. all I've heard. And regardless of what's in the media, I, I heard he greets everyone. He knows everyone's name. He is just the one of the greatest guys off the floor around that um, arena and with the team and with the staff in the city. So if you want to pull that, I would say to Anthony Edwards, I think that's something important too with him. Um, there's been a lot of those moments where he's just been said to be a great teammate. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's great to the staff too, but He's so supportive of his teammates and coach Finch said, it's just, it's so pure. I loved that word with him. Cause it is true. I mean, it's nothing but support for his teammates. That's why when he did go to the all-star game in the end, all of his teammates were so excited for him. But I think that's one of the biggest factors with a player is just how they are as a teammate off the floor, how they treat people. And then yes, on the floor is his, uh, his demeanor and everything. It's been amazing to see how he's developed that at such a young age. Um, I think he's on the right tracks. Maybe he does learn from a little bit, but who doesn't? You look around the league, even you look around at other people in this world, you kind of just say, oh, like, I'm sure they're upset or bummed for a guy like that to go through something like this. And who knows about their friendship? But I would just say to to take that factor of just how you treat people on and off the floor is a huge thing and, and would develop such a strong leader. And I see that happening for Ant. Yeah, I grew up in Detroit, so I know exactly who Demetrius is. Ja Morant, his real name is Demetrius. His parents have a real good marriage. Uh, you know, like, he, he went to a private school. I mean, not, I'm not trying to do 8 Mile, but he is literally taking the playbook from 8 Mile and making it his life. And that's just a kid that had it all growing up, still has it all, but wants people to think he's tougher than he is because we know – People have probably, I mean, he was smaller. He was, I mean, if you look at his picture. So that's his job trying to figure out who he is as a person. And he's not a tough guy. You don't need to be a tough guy. Like I grew up with tough guys. My best friend, one of my best friends got recruited to the University of Minnesota, Kansas, a bunch of schools, made a mistake, ended up having to go to jail for five years, never got to go to college. 6'5", 270 pound linebacker ruined his life because of a mistake like that so hopefully john morant figures it out because he is a talent he's a really nice kid uh met his dad as well we had javen hunter on who's Jaden ivy's um dad and he talked about t morant and john morant and Jaden and t uh have become friends and so we i've heard the story ja is not that guy um but i think he's gonna figure it out because this is probably one of those wake-up calls like man i was this close from screwing up my life uh one last one before we jump into the daily three this is ron johnson that's katie storm uh not missy peregrine for those who just tuned in to youtube <laughs> it's not missy don't worry about it but she looks like her uh, i don't think she could do backflips like her though i don't think she no. has the flips in her and the We're cartwheel maybe the cartwheel though i think you probably can do a cartwheel maybe a cartwheel it's been some time i don't know if i can do it <laughs> as good as marnie gellner but i do think i could pull out a, a cartwheel here and there oh yeah i love marnie marnie and my daughter face each other in a uh, softball so that's always fun uh she actually hit my daughter and put her on base she she bunted on her and got on base the first time second time she beamed her with a ball and it's funny marnie shows up to the game and i'm like yo your kid hit my kid with a she's like well, she better. She, I forgot what Marnie said, but you know it was a Marnie kind of a thing, yeah. like, a like yeah, yeah, like one one of those Marnie, like yeah. Well, I told her, to, you know, to make sure she lets her know she's there. I'm like Marnie, <laughs> like she could never be serious, but yeah, no, I love Marnie. Um, but last one before we jump into the daily three, uh, Katie, when you're on the floor, because I've been in some games, and you know, like again, I went to the Pistons games because of Jay Ivy. You know, I watched him as a kid. His dad and I were teammates with the Ravens, um, but there are certain players 
that you look forward to going to see play other than the Timberwolves players? Is there a player that you look forward to just because of whether it's his personality, uh, the way he plays? Could be KD, Luca, Devin Booker. Uh, is there a player that you look forward to watching play? Damian Lillard, without oh, okay. a doubt. He is so like intriguing to me, just the fact that he can perform at such a high level at his age. Um, he can hit threes in from just about anywhere. <clears throat> so he's he's probably one of my favorite players to watch. And especially when we we're just talking about Ant and, and treating, you know, John Morant and treating people good, Damian Lillard is right up there with the best of them. He is one of the um, best players to work with, best players to talk to. I look forward when he comes to town. I look forward to going to Portland and, and getting to work with him, but being able to watch him, he's definitely one of my favorites. Well, we got the daily three coming up. That's three questions, three minutes each. We're going to give Katie most of the time, of course, because she is the guest. But hey, make sure you guys know you can check out the Minnesota football party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. Uh, let me just tell you about Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. As I say, we're going to give Katie most of the time because she's the guest, and I'll pick up where she left off. Take it away, Sam. You got it, Ron. Katie, I wore my uh, my Bally pullover, too, out of solidarity. Bally buddies. That's right. Um, I open-ended here. So you do a lot of interviews. You interview you know, multiple players every game. I want you to reflect. Is there either a memorable interview from your past with the Timberwolves that, that j- just sticks with you above others, or is there a, pl- a certain player that you've enjoyed interviewing, either current or former Timberwolf? Can I um... – say yes to both. I, I yeah. think I, I have a favorite that comes to mind and that was Carl's 60 point game in San Antonio. There was about an interruption every five seconds. I was like, what is going on right now? There's water all over the floor. Carl was having a night, of course, on the floor, but in the interview, that was definitely one of my favorites. All of his teammates were so excited for him. It was just all of a sudden the game that took off from the second half and all of a sudden the third quarter, I think he had 32 and he just went off for the night. So that was um, definitely one of my favorite post-game interviews. And then to interview, I um, I would say Carl, somet- I just haven't interviewed Carl in so long. It's felt like forever. I would say Carl, but I'm going to say Anthony Edwards because you never know what is going to come out of his mouth night to night. I, I don't, one interview we had a month ago, he said his girlfriend was going out of the country and he had to put a show on for her and blew her some kisses. Meanwhile, I'm waiting to ask the second question. And I was like, this is the best. This guy, so funny. Um, always a smile on his face. Um, and yeah, I, I would have to say he's one of my favorites to interview. And he's one of the youngest on the team. How about that? Yeah. Omaha, I got to call it audible, a little audible here. Another one I forgot to get in there uh, on the lines of that, you know, crazy moments. Playing game, Pat Beverly celebrates like he just won the championship. You know, Shaq. Barkley, everybody's talking about the Timberwolves. Uh, you know, do you think there will be a moment if they do win the playing game again this year? Do you think there will be a moment like that again? Or do you think this team is more prepared for that moment? I mean, Pat Bev up on the announcer's table sure was a fun sight, uh, throwing his jersey out at the crowd. I don't know if we'll see that level. Um, but... I mean, he cried. He was crying. <laughs> he threw his jersey and then started crying. Oh, it was. If TNT it, hadn't taken that game from you, that would have been a great interview, Katie. That would be yeah, your number one definitely interview. Definitely would have. Um, but yeah, he. You know what? It made sense though. It kind of resonated with a lot of Wolves fans. I felt like last year they wanted that win. It felt like forever since they've been able to, you know, accomplish something like that. So I think I think that was a, a great sight. I guess it was. It was fun. It was fun <laughs> to watch it. And um, Papev is just always entertainment whenever he's playing a game but I don't know I don't know if we'll have the same thing I don't think it would be at the quite the same level and um so yeah I think that answers your question I don't think it would be the same this year just because last year was so much more significant I felt like right. um 
But it would be fun to see someone up on the NFL. I'd see. I'd say if they're in the seventh seed, seven beats eight, and they walk off the court like normal human beings. I, I think that's what happens. I don't they think got work to be, do. Yeah, they got work to yeah. do. There's not going to be any champagne. They're going to get ready for the Kings. Uh, hopefully, the Kings stay still because uh, the Grizzlies look like they're going down. But everybody's tied. They're. I mean, they're tied. So it doesn't like one game can change the, the two and three. So this is crazy. Yeah. What you got next, Sam? Yeah, in the spirit of Ron's question earlier about your favorite city, I want to know your favorite in arena experience or atmosphere in the other 29 buildings around the NBA. Whoa, I might have two for this one as well. Um, I know they're a tough team to play against. I was just talking. I want to see them in the playoffs. That's because these two teams in the playoffs, that's because Memphis, their crowd is insane. Did I kind of hate my night when I was there? Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, we've been there twice now, but I remember the first game the whole night, just fans consistently not letting up the whole night, just yelling right behind you. They don't give up. They love their, they love, they have a passion. They love their team. And that crowd, I would say that atmosphere is insane. Uh, As the kids would say, it's lit. Maybe I could say that. And they have confetti falling from the sky. I mean, every single win, I'm just like, this place is insane. And then the second would be Denver, because you want to know what? All of the Wolves fans in Denver show up every time. So, like, we're in Denver, we're on the road, but we actually have way more Wolves fans than you can imagine. I mean, I guess a lot of Wolves fans like to live in Colorado. I don't blame them. I love that climate, too. But, yeah, so I would have to say those two are really fun for very different reasons. Um, but they, you know, I always look forward to going out to Denver, uh, uh, and Memphis. So that's my answer. Yeah. I'd say, well, one, I'd say Katie, you're still a kid. So you are the <laughs> kids that say lit. Um, uh, I, w- I would say, you know what? I got a chance to go to, uh, because the Gophers, when they play in the bowl game, uh, we went to the Suns game, their, their stadium and their atmosphere, maybe more from a grown up standpoint, I, it's nice. Like I, I love the like the bars they have like up top. You, it's like a it's like it's almost like a little nightclub when you get on the the outskirts part. As long as you have a band, and then right behind the uh, same thing behind the basket up on the thing, there's another bar right there. So it's a real grown type of like it feels like almost like Vegas. Like it feels like the Oakland or the uh, Oakland Raiders, Vegas Raiders. Um, but I do like that atmosphere and feel of because it's wide open too. So you can be at the bar, still watch the game down there versus. The Timberwolves and some other, you know, stadiums, you go in and once you get out to get food, you can't see anything. And so I think that's the one thing the Suns got right is putting kind of like a bar right there at the top where you can still have a drink at the bar, look over. And uh, when we were standing there, uh, it was the Gophers Bowl game. So other people were there, but I was looking around, me and my wife were looking around. It's just funny to watch like how it literally is a true bar. Like people are standing around trying to meet girls. They're talking. They're watching the game. Uh, and then, of course, like the pregame vibe, the, the the pyrotechnics and the lights and all that stuff. And their mascot is a Hall of Famer. So uh, I'd say the Phoenix Suns for me, that's probably been one of the best because I've been to Detroit. I've been to uh, New Orleans. I've been to the Washington uh, deal when I was out there. So I, I just have to say it's it's for me right now. It's it's the uh, but I definitely haven't been in many, as many stadiums as Katie. I will say this, though. I've been to a bunch of Timberwolves games. My kids actually love the Timberwolves like they love the music. They love the pregame stuff. Like we went to two or three games and after the first game, our eight-year-old daughter was like, we got to be on time. We can't miss the pregame. Like she loves that part of the music, the the sound. So I'll say the Timberwolves do do a good job there too. Yeah, I think I mean, for not having maybe all the luxury suites that other arenas do, I think the Wolves do a nice job with the presentation. Correct. For sure. What you got? Last one, time? Katie, got to sneak in a, a broadcasting question for you. Who's a broadcaster that you admire and why? Yeah, um, that is another good one because there's so there's such a handful that I can answer this with and that I have throughout my short career. But I, for for this one today, I have to go and like currently in my life, someone I really admire is Michael Grady. I get to work with him on a nightly basis, getting to see getting to meet him earlier this season. I knew right away the way he treats people, the way he tra- treated me right away. He's a great guy, but being able to travel to Indianapolis where he grew up and, and those teams where he started, everybody knows Michael and everyone just has such warmth towards him because that's how he makes you feel. He's just such a great guy. And then it's his talent as a broadcaster. His work ethic um, is you know, top notch. And he also was a sideline reporter for quite some time with Brooklyn and throughout his career. He still is. He does some stuff for the NFL and other sports. So for me, that's really 
um, beneficial as well because I can learn from him. I can, you know, bounce some ideas off of him. And it's super great for me to have him on the road and get to work with him, like I said, night after night. And I would have to say he is just definitely someone I admire because I'm seeing everything, you know, work out for him. And Wolves fans love him already so much that it's going to be fun to see that love continue to grow. Um, he's really embraced Minnesota and we've embraced him. So he is someone I definitely admire. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely say I, I, I do like Grady. I just sent him a DM a while back and uh, slid into his DMs and he responded <laughs> like a lot of people don't respond. <laughs> You'll have to have him on. He's great. I know he's we did. We talked about that. Like we don't have another opening for a while, but I did talk to him about like April. And so um, that's my goal is to get him on April because I think Sam brought it up. He played or sorry, he worked in, uh, like you said, the Nets. And so I think yep. the game after yeah. the Nets. We're going to try to get him on to talk about or maybe while he's there, while you guys are on the road, get him that morning. Uh, but just talk about being back home, so on and so forth. We used to work, play or sorry, work and uh, be a part of that organization. But, yeah, no, I, I definitely. And then I got a chance to meet him. Jim Peterson bought, bought us down on the floor. Uh, so we were down there after a game after Katie gave my daughters uh, some candy. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> at, at 10 p.m. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, nothing You're like welcome. some 10 p.m. candy to keep kids going to, you know, get kids ready for bed. Nothing uh, like <laughs> but yeah, so the kids got candy. But we got to go down there. We, we got to talk to Jim Peterson. He bought us down. And then uh, we got I got to meet Grady because I'm like, hey, I'm the dude that slid into your DM. So that was that was cool to run into him and uh, figure that out with basketball. At the time, football season was still going. So it, it's really hard to, to talk basketball during football season because yeah. especially when the Vikings are winning. Uh, but I look forward to get him on. But for me, I'd say Ryan Clark and uh, and these are guys I know. They've been on the show, Ryan Clark and Nate Burleson, just because I know these guys and I've seen the work they put in. Uh, but then also it 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 gives me hope because when I get bad tweets or I get comments, uh, sometimes I read the comments too much. And then I'll read their comments. I'm like, oh, mine aren't even close as bad as theirs are. Yeah. So I've learned uh, that you're going to find idiots everywhere. You're going to find trolls everywhere. And so I love how, you know, Burleson and Clark handle themselves uh, when it comes to the trolls, because people are always going to be deterrents. They're always going to be negative. Uh, so I love watching those guys work. And also when it comes to, like film study uh, and creating new ideas for the Vikings or Fox or K or NBC, whoever, or K fan, like I, I love like texting those guys like, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And, and they always kind of give me honest feedback or what it could look like. Uh, but I want to thank Katie Storm for joining us. Katie, every show I love to give, and this is something recent we've been doing, but it's turned out really well. Um, every show at the end, we love for our guests to give feedback to themselves or a letter. So, and again, movies. Have you ever seen Back to the Future? I hope you Yes, have. I've seen that one. Thank Don't you. Worry. So you've, you've seen Back to the Future. So, uh, which I still think is a dumb title because how do you go back to the future? You're going back to go forward, uh, whatever. But true. if you can go back in the future, like Michael, Michael J. Fox, and you're in the DeLorean, and you're going to run into yourself. You're going to pick a year to run into yourself and give yourself some advice. Uh, you know, you, you have a letter because you can't see yourself in the future. We already know that. That would be catastrophic to see your past self. You can't see yourself, but you can hand yourself a letter somehow mysteriously for you to read. What kind of advice would you give yourself? Could be eight-year-old Katie, two-year-old, well, two-year-old Katie can read. Um, but you know, 10 year old Katie, 15, 25, whatever, what advice would you give Katie in, in the past future? Yeah. I mean, if we're going all the way back, like my whole life, I think it would just be that good things take time. If that's mm. a little cliche, I don't know, but um, <laughs> yeah, good things take time and it's all a process. And um, I kind of had a story where I went to Hawaii to play basketball. And then I came home and I always wanted to get into broadcasting. So then I went to St. Cloud, worked there, got in, you know, to Valley sports, then Fox sports. It's just, it's all a process and you don't know what is going to come your way. Never say no to any opportunity. Um, at least for the TV side of things and radio side, I've always kind of done that. So yeah, I would say one thing at a time, it's a process. And then if we're really going to my career, I would just give me some sort of advice that you're going to mess up and you might fail at times, but there's literally like 15 more segments that night. You have a commercial break, just get it together and do it, you know, all over again, the next one. Or I just felt like that was really early on. That was really tough because I mean, Ron, you're a competitor. You can understand you're competing with yourself and you're mm -hmm. You know, how did I mess up? How did I fail? Or it's just not fun as just a human being to mess up or feel like you failed on something. Um, so just being aware that there is way more reps you're going to get. There's another 
show that you're going to have the next day or there's another hit you're going to do. You just have to, you know, learn to, to drop the things that don't really matter and, and keep moving forward. Well, because you've never had to use a telestrator, have you? Have you ever had to draw on no. TV? <laughs> See, you're lucky. You're you're good. I drew a penis on TV one time. So, like, you can't get worse than that. And that was early on. That was Vikings Live. It was 2015, Eric Kendrick's rookie year. Uh, and I was drawing a play. I'll never forget. I got to find the video. Um, <clears throat> I've never actually tweeted it out because I was so, like, I couldn't believe I did it. And I didn't even know I did. That's how bad it was. I didn't know I did it. And all of a sudden we got off air and our weather guy is like in tears. He's crying, laughing. And I still had no idea. And then I start to see the tweets and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And yeah, people, you were, you're not even thinking that. Oh, my goodness. I was like, I cannot believe I did that. And in my I, I kept telling I was like, that's a dolphin. It looks like a dolphin. And it's like, nope, I did it. I did it. And I couldn't. And then this was, was crazy. Like a month later, I almost did it again. Like I circled two players. And I almost did it. And I'm like, oh, and then I'd like start scribbling and doing some other stuff. I'm like, how do I keep almost do it? Like, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's, you know, just making sure you don't draw any sort of symbol. It's like, you exactly. don't, you're not even looking like that. You're just trying to break down a play. Yep. So you just never that's, know. That's so, yeah, but no, <clears throat> I like the, pro I like the thing that you said though. Cause like Dion Sanders just said something today uh, about that as well. And, and Dion's was similar. What you said, like, I might have a bad minute. I might have a bad moment. I might have a bad hour, but I'm never going to have a bad day. And for me, that was huge hearing them say that today, even because I'm like, man, yeah. I get caught up in my own head. So for you to say that, like it takes time, you might have 15 segments. You mess up on one segment, just move on. You got 14 yeah. other segments to get it right. Who cares if you called Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns? Uh, you know, who cares? It, yeah. It's just one of those things. But in, 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 and honestly, I've learned this too. It hurts way worse to you and people at home really have no idea. Like yeah. a lot of times they have no clue that you just messed up. So, but now I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Katie, you are awesome. I love you. Uh, Missy Peregrine's uh doppelganger. <laughs> you, but see, now she's on like the FBI. So show. So you, what you should do for Halloween is get the whole FBI outfit and just Ooh. go. Yeah. See, and then go to a party and see if people just assume you're her. Like she's on FBI, the FBI show. Now she's no longer a gymnast. She's an FBI agent. Uh, but yeah, no, I want to thank Katie for joining me. And remember, people, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed and the YouTube channel where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the biggest news delivering all uh, the press conferences from the Vikings, Timberwolves, whoever. We're going to have it for you. Just make sure you leave a comment in the section below. I want to thank you and have a great day.